Your day has just begun. Yeah. But for DJ and PK, they're just hitting their stride. It's time for all your headlines from the night in sports. As DJ and PK tell you what's trending. Come on. Are you ready? ready? On 97.5, 1280, The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Yeah. Hashtag Utah Jazz. Trying to feel each other out still. You know, obviously with the, the core group, you kind of know where each other needs to be. But then, you know, you have to you have Hassan, you have Eric. You know, I think that's that's the biggest thing, trying to get them in the right spot. But they're picking it up, you know, really fast. So that's a, that's a credit to them. You know, the work they've put in since they got here to figure out the plays, figure out what's been what's been rolling and what we like and how guys like picking rolls and stuff like that. And then we, have a, we, we also had a stint where we went one through five switching and that was kind of on the fly and we were able to do that well. That's Donnie Basketball. That's my new nickname for him. Nickname. Yeah, Donnie Baseball, Donnie Mattingly, all those years with the Yankees. This is Donnie Basketball. Okay. <laughs> Donovan Mitchell talking about the Jazz getting together and being all familiar with one another as they begin the season one week from today. Now, tonight, they've got their final tune-up. Their final preseason game is against... The world champion Milwaukee Bucks will show you if we should meet you in the summer. It starts tonight, friends. Don't you underestimate this. I assume the Jazz are going to start their main guys as this is the last game. And then they have the week off. Now, some teams played five games. We'll get to that in a minute here. The Jazz will only play four. And they are one and two. See if they can go five. And you never want. I, I don't know that. Has Quinn Snyder has a, has that has he had a losing record in the preseason? Because you don't want that saddle on your resume. Yeah. Never had a losing preseason. That's very important. Check that. Now Sneaky's out today, or else he would be on it right now. One of the reasons why we miss his nerddom. I have no idea if I even right. want to look but that up. He, he oh he would. He would be he would be intrigued by it. It's good to get him at wild goose chases, and it doesn't take much. Hey, what do you think about that? Uh, did you hear about the weather today in Costa Rica? It's unbelievable. Boom. He's gone. So, oh, oh shoot. I shouldn't have said Costa Rica. <laughs> My bad for that location. Uh, Guam. Did you hear about the weather in Guam? Good call. <laughs> All right. We'll have the action for you tonight. Tip-off is set for 7 o'clock. Our coverage on the zone begins with the pregame Jake Scott, Tim Lacombe at 6 p.m. We'll talk to Jake Scott, and he is Mr. Jazz Insider now. He'll join us in about an hour and a half. Trent Forrest is the NBA concussion protocol. He smacked his head the other night, so he'll be out for a little bit, and he'll have a week to recover because, as I said, the Jazz don't start the season until a week from tonight. There you go. That is the Jazz situation right here on 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Hashtag NBA. It's good for the organization. Uh, you know, that's something that, you know, everybody wanted. Uh, you know, I've always said that, uh, you know, I believe uh, that it gives us the best, you know, chance to win. We are better team, you know, with them than without, uh, you know, that's for sure. So I'm happy that, you know, things are resolved and, you know, we can move on and, you know, try to, try to be a better team. That's Embiid, as you know, talking about the return of Ben Simmons. I agree with him. Simmons makes them a better team. I don't know if they're a team that I would look to as far as winning at all, but certainly Simmons is going to make them a better team. And he rejoined the team. I think he's got to be in the uh, some form of protocol. He can't practice with them until Friday. Uh, so I was listening to some people driving in this morning, and they were talking about, well, 
That implies, underscore is implies, that he's not fully vaccinated because if you're fully vaccinated and pass the test, you're ready to go. But he can't join them for any team activities until Friday. So I don't know if that's going to be an issue, as it is, obviously, with the daily soap opera that surrounds Kyrie Irving. Uh, Nets GM Sean Marks, the Australian, said the organization has got no choice and they want him away from the team until he's able to fully participate. So either you're in or you're out. We talked about that yesterday at the end of the show as far as that goes. Memphis guard Dylan Brooks, who played so well against the Jazz, a kid out of Oregon, he's going to miss the start of the season to ensure that he fully recovers from a broken left hand. And so his hand hyperextended that he broke in a preseason practice. He's an integral part of that young rising team and he'll have plenty of time. Now the Lakers, man. The Lakers, they played five games. You know what they went in the, in the preseason? It's got to be LeBron's worst preseason record ever. It's a taint on his uh, resume for sure. Dropped to 0-5. And, and he said that, and they've only had the their stars, if you consider Russell Westbrook a star. Certainly he was at one time. And Anthony Davis and obviously LeBron is. No question about that. And Big LeBron says, it's going to take a minute for us to become the team that we know we are going to be capable of being. We're going to have moments where we're not quite right there. We may take a step backwards, but it's all part of dot, dot, dot. I think nothing is worth having if it's not worth worth working for. Nothing is worth having if it's not worth working for. I agree with him, except on one occurrence, one situation. Inheritance. Inheritance is awesome if you should be fortunate enough to get it. And you don't have to work for it. Now, my both of my parents are gone. And combined, they left me a collective zero dollars. Zero. Zero dollars. <laughs> so, certainly, inheritance is worth having. That's why people go to court, especially when a guy gets married later or no, he, re- he remarries and whatnot. What was it? Do you remember that Anna Nicole... Uh, gal, she's some playmate gal. Yeah, and she married some like she was in her what twenties. Married some oil tycoon. Yep, uh, who was like, like eighty nine, ninety, mm-hmm. and obviously he had millions of dollars. And they got married. He might even have been in a wheelchair. And on the Tonight Show, Jay Leno said, "Well, how are they going to uh, consummate the marriage?" And his punchline was. Where there's a will, there's a way. Get it, will? <laughs> Inheritance is worth having, uh, even if you didn't work for it. Other than that, I agree with him. And I agree with him with the Lakers. We'll follow that story all season. Certainly, it's going to take time. I agree with him actually 100% that LeBron is right in saying it's going to take They're going to have some steps backwards because I never believed... In a basketball setting, you can just throw five guys together and expect them, even though they have great individual talent, to mesh as a team. No, it does not work that way. So they're going to need, until Christmas, whenever Christmas seems like the uh, point we always use for teams who have new players to integrate themselves one with another and going forward. We'll follow that. We'll see. Will it actually work, though? No, that's the question. Because they'll have plenty of time to integrate. Because basketball is a long season. And then you got the playoffs, and that's what really matters the most. So we'll follow that. It'll be actually be fun to watch. It'll be intriguing to watch, maybe is a better word. All right, let's move on. 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Hashtag NFL. I know these people. I know everybody that you've been reading about. Uh, they're outstanding 
proponents of our game. They have represented this game in many cases uh, beautifully. Uh, and uh, uh, certainly uh, we all continue to recognize what a, what a uh, spotlight you're in and the uh, uh, way that we should uh, express ourselves. All of that comes to my mind. What? That was Jerry Jones. <laughs> Not sure what he said there, Cowboys owner. Speaking on the Washington pigskins and the John Gruden scandal as that thing continues to roll on. Got a full dose of lecturing yesterday about all this stuff. Gruden's gone, deservedly so. And now we'll see. The Players Association wants the NFL to release the remainder of 60. 650,000 emails. Man, who's going to go through all those? I guess the investigation into the workplace misconduct with Washington as far as that. And the NFL says it has no plans to release those emails for confidentiality reasons. And by releasing some of them that were leaked, that led to Gruden being gone. All right. And then I saw this morning that as part of that, uh, Schefter, the big ESPN guy, uh, forwarded it to, was it to Bruce Allen and basically yeah. said they take a look at this story make sure you're okay with it yeah he sent a, uh, like he sent like a, an unpublished story to Bruce Allen says anything needs to be changed updated etc that's not good uh, now journalism doesn't exist the journalism and I'm, a, I'm an old timer now I guess the journalism that I knew and loved and practiced with the watchdog for many many years and others I worked uh, five newspapers in three different states for a total of 23 years on daily newspapers. And that's simply unheard of. Because what you're doing there, if folks don't don't understand the situation, then by doing that, you're giving this person who's a newsmaker, you're giving that person editorial control. Your editor is supposed to have editorial control. And the organization which you work for is supposed to have editorial control. So if you have any questions, well, then you don't publish the story. You wait until the questions are cleared up. Now, you can go back and double-check and say, it was, it was Bruce Allen, hey, what do you think about this? Um, are you in this situation to where you can verify this or whatnot? I had a story once that uh, involved four BYU football players that I knew had been kicked off the team. Gary Croton was the coach, and they had a team meeting in February and the four players for honor code infractions, a party, a gal, blah, 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 they got kicked off the team, right? And he told them, there was 100-plus players in the meeting, and he told the players and everybody involved, all right, let's keep this here. This was in February. I remember it specifically because it was February 21st, which was my mother's birthday, and my daughter had a science fair competition that she won and was having an awards deal that night. And I'll bring that note tie it together here in a second bear with me so Croton said keep the story quiet and then somebody went right to the phone and called me and said here here are the four players so I published it I I actually got with people Gordon Monson was one of the guys I got with to see if he could help me we were working together for the newspaper at the time to verify it I got it verified like three or four different times and that night, I called Croton on his cell phone, and, oh, he was hot. How dare you call me on my cell phone? Well, I was calling him for two reasons, to let him know that I had the story. I wasn't asking him for confirmation, but I was giving him a heads up. In those days, there was no internet, and it was published the next day. And 
So I was telling him so he didn't be blindsided by the report in the morning. Well, he got all irritated. Actually changed his phone number, blah, blah, blah. It didn't like that I called him. Published the story, came out the next day. BYU wouldn't verify it, although they basically did because they would have told me not to publish it when I spoke to the BYU people if it was not true. But by them not telling me not to publish it, they were telling me that it was true. And then we all had to wait for like six weeks to the start of uh, spring football. And they passed out a roster. And there was a bunch of news reporters there. And they were all looking on the roster to see if those four players were not there and of course they weren't because I had the story Uh, and I can recall between the time of February 21st and the start of spring ball one of the players families came down to the newspaper when we were down on Main Street with a lawyer and I was driving to Vegas for the conference tournament I stop and call the office we had a lawyer in here blah 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 what should we do they were all nervous I said "Uh, do nothing because the truth is on our side he was kicked out turned out to be true so you certainly don't you can double check with sources but you don't give the story to the sources so they'll see if there's any blowback on that and Gruden's name was uh, removed from the ring of honor in uh, Tampa uh, with the Buccaneers because he won the Super Bowl there I was actually at that media day that year in San Diego that's where the Super Bowl was for the Buccaneers and the uh, Oakland Raiders only time I ever had a police escort that was right, uh, the Super Bowl following 9-11, so we had to meet on a bus, and they gave us a police escort to the stadium. I was a big shot for about uh, 20 minutes on that police escort. And then, of course, yesterday, all that stuff with the thing with the uh, Ring of Honor. Well, what about Warren Sapp? What about this guy? What about that guy? About Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown, O.J. Simpson. Uh, so that's the thing about it, man. If you're going to go down, and I've got no problem with them doing it, Zero. So don't come at me. I don't want to ruin anybody's day here by thinking I'm saying that I support Gruden because I don't. Uh, My thing is consistency. You know, if you've been arrested multiple times for assault and whatever it might be, and I was just reading that stuff. I didn't even remember that stuff about Warren Sapp. But then you read about that, and then there's this one, there's that one. Some people have different standards, I guess. I guess that's the way it goes there. So Gruden's out. No problem with that. Zach Wilson, he leads with the NFL nine interceptions. Uh, Let her rip mentality. I would just say I'm overthinking. Well, that makes sense. He's a rookie, a young rookie even. I would just say to an extent, I'm aiming to throw rather than just throwing it. Watching that Jets game Sunday morning, yeah, my gosh, little out passes, flares. Yeah. He's steering the ball. He's not throwing Right. Just have at it, Zach. You got there because you're a gunslinger. So go at it, my man. Do what you can do. All right, let's move on to college football. Hashtag college football. I hope those guys are well. I don't know what their status is. Nobody wants to see anybody get hurt. Nobody. Uh, but, I, but I think probably it's a reaction to the, you know, there are a couple guys that were down for the count and then we're back a player two later. And you know, I mean, our, our fans aren't stupid. I mean, they're they're watching. They know what's going on. You know, it goes on. We, we don't coach it. Haven't really been exposed to it. And, you know, but our fans thought they smelled a rat, I guess. I don't know. So, you know, they, they, they responded the way they responded. Kirk Ferentz, the Iowa coach, talking about Penn State. Now, what were they doing? They were trying to stop the clock by uh, faking injuries? That's what his being up. And the fans were booing. I called him, yeah. All right, there you go. 
I was watching some of that game, but not a lot. I was focused on Oklahoma and Texas in the morning on Saturday. And Oklahoma coach Lincoln Riley says not planning and naming a starting quarterback against TCU because you got the freshman Caleb Williams came in. Spencer Rather, who was the Heisman Trophy candidate leader and now possibly being benched. And Rattler's not much of a, a team player. Blah, blah, blah. Well, yeah, because uh, I actually understand that. Team player, uh, I want to play in the NFL. Not a team player. Was he Charlie Brewer? I mean, come on. So we'll see who the mystery starting quarterback is for the Oklahoma Sooners when they get to that point on Saturday. All right, let's move on. 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Hashtag Major League Baseball. Pitched by Hendricks. And Jose drills it deep to left field. And you can kiss it goodbye. A three-run jack for Jose Altuve. Ten to one Astros. First pitch. And a fly ball. Deep center. Going back Kane at the wall. That is good! Freddy! First pitch. And he sends a shockwave through the ballpark. And they're going crazy here in Atlanta. Garcia delivers. There's a fly ball to right field. Well hit. Bryant going back to the wall. And it is gone! Mookie Betts goes the other way. And the Dodgers take a 4-0 lead. Okay, that is the highlights in MLB. Now, in keeping with DJ tradition, I have to mention Charlie Steiner because we have like seven voices, but he only knows that Charlie Steiner is the play-by-play guy for the Dodgers, so he mentions him. That was Charlie Steiner at the end. Somebody hit a home run for the Dodgers. Dodgers, of course, win. Force game five. Too bad it can't be game seven. I wish Commissioner Uberoth would do that. Make it be a seven-game series. Now, he's not the commissioner now, but I can't remember the commissioner's name. Rob Manfred. Uh, Rob, blinded by the light, Manfred. Yeah, there you go. So they won't have a game seven. They'll have a game five tomorrow night. Right? That's it should be tomorrow night. Today's a travel day. Tomorrow night, seven o'clock yeah, in looking, San Francisco. Looking forward to that. That thing place ought to be electric. There, two franchises that had phenomenal seasons, and one of their season is going to end tomorrow night. The Braves ended the Brewer season. You heard Freddie Freeman. Hitting a home run in the bottom of the eighth inning, and they win 5-4. Astros smother the White Sox. They will play Boston, the Boston Red Sox, in the ALCS with the winner, obviously, to go to the World Series. Baseball winding down, but at the same time heating up. And the report's out there that the Yankees are going to retain Aaron Boone. See what happens there. He'll be retained, but eventually he'll be fired. That's sort of the way it works. What is trending is brought to you by Shamrock Plumbing. There's no job too big or too small. Get the personal touch with Shamrock Plumbing. Call them at 801 295 1690. 295 1690. That is Shamrock Plumbing. All right, coming up, we got Riley Jensen joining us at 8. Jake Scott. 8.30, Eric Walden of the uh, Salt Lake Tribune. Talk about the Jazz, because it's going to be Jazz season here very soon, and we're going to have to include them into our daily discussion. But for next, what is a rivalry and who is a rival? Stay with us, 97.5, 1280 The Zone. It's game week for the Cougars. And the Zone Sports Network is getting you ready for kickoff. It ain't over till it's over. It's a trip to the Lone Star State for the Cougars as BYU heads to Waco for a massive showdown against Baylor as the Cougars look to knock off a future Big 12 opponent. 
Catch the Cougar pregame show Saturday at 1230 with the postgame show immediately following the game. From Monday morning to the postgame press conference, nobody brings you better coverage of Cougar football than 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Thanks for joining us at 7.30 this morning. DJ's off today. I'm PK. Get on Twitter. Get on our app. Give me some response. I need your help today. Hot takes or toast. And it's brought to you by Utah Facial Plastics. Are you losing your hair? Well, it's 2021 and you don't have to. UFP Hair Restoration offers a range of cutting-edge therapies to restore your thick hair permanently. Just text HAIR. H-A-I-R to 801-960-3137. 960-3137. And you'll get 15% off any hair loss treatment. Or you can visit www.utahhairmd.com. All right. Huge games this weekend. I think the Aggies should roll over UNLV. I know Blake Anderson has said they're in the games and UNLV has been playing well in terms of Competitive nature, but they should still win. He's saying Bonner's the healthiest he's been since the end of, uh, well, training camp, basically, or going back to spring ball. So with that in mind, I expect them to roll. The other two, not so sure. BYU at Baylor, nice. A pre-Big 12 conference matchup. It's a preview. Yeah, I like that. I like that a lot. I always like it when they play Pac-12 teams, particularly Pac-12 South teams, which they're playing four of this year. That's way cool. They got Washington State here later on this season up there in Pullman. Uh, But if you can't play those teams, to me, I'd like to see you play Mountain West. Now, that's all changed. Moving forward, it is about the Big 12. And you're going to play many, whether it's 8, 9, or 10, remains to be seen. Conference games. And so here you get a little preview. I like it. And Baylor's 5-1. and one. They've had a really good program last season aside, which doesn't surprise me if you're going to stink. Last season was the season to stink uh, because of all the craziness and wasn't following close as far as what Baylor was doing. But that's a real, that's just a great matchup for the Cougars. And then I think Utah plays Baylor coming up down the line too. So that will be cool also. Uh, get a little uh, interest in them, yeah. I believe that series actually starts next year. Right, exactly. So that'll be fun. Baylor all of a sudden having a connection to uh, BYU and Utah and give us something, uh, a little extra juice to it. So looking forward to that game. And then, now that's a non-conference game, obviously, but a huge, huge conference game on Saturday at 8 o'clock at Rice Eccles Stadium. Between the Sun Devils, the hated, despicable Sun Devils, and your University of Utah Utes. There you go, huh? Huge matchup. The only two teams left in the conference that do not have a blemish on their conference record. Now, both teams have lost to BYU because, as you know, BYU dominates not only the Pac-12 South, but the world. The football field is our campus or something like that. That's what it says. Outside of Boise. Ah, It's just a non-conference game. They didn't get up for that game. I mean, come on. Who cares? So, as far as the Pac-12 South, right? There you go. Huge game. Now, Kyle Woodingham, everything got uh, reversed because the players and the uh, whole football program 
went down to the Dallas area on Monday and were at the funeral of uh, Aaron Lowe. And uh, so they reversed it. This Sunday is usually a day of rest. And they practiced on Sunday. They flipped what they do on Monday, did on Sunday, so that on Monday they could go down and be available at the service, right? So we know that. So the point being that Kyle spoke to the media yesterday as opposed to speaking as he normally does on Monday at 11 o'clock. And he spoke yesterday. And he was asked, it's funny because the Utah media desperately wants Utah to have rivalries, and some of them want them to have rivalries that go beyond BYU. They'll never be, ever, ever, in the history of your life, whoever you are, however old you are right now listening to me on the Zone Sports Network, there'll never be another team that will match the level of rivalry that you have with the Cougars. It just won't. So don't run from it. Actually embrace it. But what about these rivalries? You know, they like to build it up. Are you a rival with SC? Sure, everybody is. Are you a rival with, uh, let's see, UC Los Angeles? Are you a rival with Arizona? I was golfing, uh, I think it was last month, maybe. Yeah, I know it was. And this guy's from Tucson, right? Lives in Tucson. He's up up here working, but he's down in Tucson. And so we got to talking, what do you do? So... I have a friend of mine who's a high-powered attorney, and he tells him he works at 7-Eleven, so he doesn't have to talk about law. And so I said, uh, I told him what I do, and uh, he, he big U of A fan, right? Big U of A fan. And so he started talking a little bit, and then I brought up you know, that where I went, and everybody knows I went and graduated from ASU, and... He said, "Well, yeah, Utah's or BYU, excuse me, U of A's football program is so bad. Even Utah is going to beat them this year. Even Utah. Well, I got my my even my little Utah pride, state of Utah pride, going. What do you mean, even Utah? They beat them all the time. <laughs> even Utah? Come on! I think they got them once in Tucson when the Utes were good. Uh, they lost. Uh, the Utes lost in overtime." In that game, uh, Travis Wilson, I think, was the quarterback then. So you don't really have a rivalry with the U of A. But do the Utes have a rival with Arizona State? Let's listen and see what Kyle thinks about that. You know, I think there's a somewhat of a rivalry, rivalry feel, and we have it with SC as well. But I think really when you've had some close games in the series and, and a little bit of back and forth, that lends itself towards that feeling. A little bit of a rivalry feel to it. Now, that, that's that's always tricky when you go the two R's, how you can roll it off the tongue. Rivalry feel. Rivalry. Yeah, you end, end up with uh, Woodward Road. You change them to W's. <laughs> Rascally Wabbit. <laughs> so, Kyle got through that. Uh, the Utah media seems to be obsessed with, does Utah have rivals beyond BYU? Well... I think they do to an extent, so I agree with Kyle somewhat, but no more so. I think the fact that you play these teams in the South every year makes it a rival. It doesn't make it a rivalry. It makes it a rival. It probably doesn't make sense. But I don't see where it's a, it's a rival conference opponent. Because you're each shooting for the same thing, right? Both teams want to win the South. 
And whoever wins this game, at least for the time being, will be considered the front runner for the South. I don't have any problems saying that. Still a lot of ball to be played. It's not like they're leaps and bounds ahead of everyone because easily you could see both teams losing two games. So whoever wins this game could have the tiebreaker, but still find a way. Utah two years ago won the thing outright, even though they lost to SC. So it's a similar type of situation. You can win it outright. You start to get the two and three losses, it's going to be tougher to win it outright for sure. But I think at the one loss mark, you can win it outright because both teams have tough games. But nevertheless, whoever wins is going to be in the driver's seat and is going to feel great. If Utah wins, they're just going to feel outstanding. Like, okay, what happened in the non-conference was just basically irrelevant. It doesn't matter to them. Do you think there is a rival with the Sun Devils? And do you hate the Sun Devils? Do you have that passion against them the way you have that passion against BYU? Or... Is it impossible to have that passion against BYU that you would? See, now you're going to root against BYU because you don't you hate them. You want to see them lose every single game they play. It doesn't matter which game. You're going to also root against the Devils, but that has a conference implication. So, of course, you're going to root against the Devils. That makes complete and total sense, does it not? Have they played for anything that's really mattered? Has there been that many... Uh, things at stake as there are Saturday night, first place, outright first place, open up. Right now, you know, the Devils have a half-game lead because they're 3-0 and and the Utes are 2-0, but that doesn't really count because they just had their bye last week for the Utes. So they don't really, uh, they didn't get an opportunity to play that third game. The Devils will have their bye coming up. I don't know when it is off the top of my head. I'd have to look it up. So we understand that. Uh, now, last night I did a podcast with uh, I don't know, whatever it's called, Sun Devil something or other. They do it every year. They go behind enemy lines, and they have me on. And the guy who does it, his father is the play-by-play guy for the Sun Devils. And he's been doing it for a number of years. And he was on Twitter uh, just adamantly saying, this is not a rival. His name's Joe Healy. Many people are attempting to call it a rivalry game. I wouldn't be spouting off things I am if they weren't. So he is adamantly saying it's not a rivalry game. Andrew, who's a Andrew Ute, no one is calling it a rivalry game, but it absolutely is heading in that direction. Every team has a main rival, but it is good for conferences and college football in general for new rivals to develop. And Joe responds... It's beyond idiotic to call the ASU-Utah game a rivalry game. They played twice between 1986 and 2011. Yeah, now they play annually. Same for every team in the South. Forced-slash-slashed manufactured rivalries aren't a thing. Rivalries come from decades of history, in many cases, on and off the field. It's true. It's true, man. You can have stuff that's on the field that isn't even related to football. A cheerleader and a fan on the field going at it, but not the game, right? Uh, What did they have a couple years back, a few years back? 
Kyle's wife and a fan got into it with a cell phone or something. I don't even remember all the details. I mean, that's just not going to happen at Rice Eccles Stadium Saturday night. I mean, it's it's a big game, but it really has no implication beyond that. There's no bragging rights at stake. Because if you turn around and then lose to Oregon State next week, well, what do you do? You're... If you win Saturday, you're three and zero, and if you lose the following week, you're three and one. Whereas if you lose Saturday and you win the following week, you're still three and one. So there's nothing there beyond the conference standings. So every conference game is, to an extent, a rival. That's it. Nothing more than that. It can't compare. Do you disagree? What's your level of hatred for the Sun Devils? Do you despise them? Are they cheap shot artists? I saw a gal on Twitter. She said that the worst experiences she had, she was a Sun Devil lady, the worst experiences she had were with Ute fans, and Ute fans hate the Sun Devil fans and blah, 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 blah. I think part of the deal is there's a little bit of frustration behind uh, Utah fans. Why in the world does ASU hold a 6-3 and three record against you since you've been in the conference? There's no excuse for that, except there is an excuse for that. I think they got you four straight times when you weren't prepared to be a fully stocked roster of Pac-12 players. So you lost some games early, which makes it a little bit unusual that you're six and three against them. I think going forward, if the Devils should win this, or just if they should lose it, I think going forward, I'm not sure the Devils are going to hold an edge over the University of Utah football program the way they do now in individual head-to-head matchups. I think the Devils were able to take advantage of the acclimation process that the Utes had into the conference. So if I had to look at both football programs, I would say Utah's football program is ahead of, U- of ASU's. Not from U- not any single game, but just looking at the program, the number of players they put in the NFL. They've won the South twice. The Devils have only won it once. They've had far more consistency. The Devils are their, – their consistency is wrapped up in mediocrity. That's where they're consistent in their mediocrity – Seven and five, those types of things. Seven and five, and then you get an easier bowl opponent because it's down the list, and you win that, and you feel good about yourselves because you won eight games. But meanwhile, you are out of the race for the South by November 1st. I think just about any team can stay in the race until they get to November, and then the true contenders have separated themselves and distanced themselves from the pack by the time we get to November. And we're still a few weeks away from that. So let's see. You can be 3-0, and and it can be a product of scheduling. Sometimes not. Sometimes you're just that good. Or you can be 0-2 because you've played the two best teams right off the bat. You know, it can be any number of things there. We won't really know until we get to November to see who legitimately is a contender. I think you can play yourself out of contention in October. For sure, I think Arizona, Colorado, and SC have played themselves out of contention in the South. I agree with that. Neither of those three teams or none of those three teams are going to win it. That's for sure. The other three are in contention. To what degree remains to be seen. It looks like 
two of them are serious contenders, but we don't really know for sure, which adds to the impact of this game. So I believe it is a rival, but it is no more of a rival than any conference game. It has more stakes this year. I will grant you that. But other than that, I'm not sure it's beyond anything but a conference game, nor will it ever be anything more than a conference game. If you agree or disagree, let me know. Stay with us. 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Now let's get this party started. This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on the Zone Sports Network. Angela Lansbury, bed knobs and broomsticks. It wasn't raining yet, but it was definitely a little misty on that warm November night. And my heart was pounding, my inner voice resounding, begging me to turn away. And then you casually walked in the room. And I was twisted in the web of my desire for you. What the hell is that? <laughs> that is being blindsided. You guys all make fun of me like I'm the only person that had a crush on Angela Lansbury. You are the only person that, that had is, a crush on me. That is not true. No, it is pretty much true. Hanson Scotting. Weekdays from 10 to 2 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. I want to tell you about the Utah Snowmobile Show. Yes, snowmobiles. I've gone snowmobiling twice, and it was fun both times. And snow is right around the corner, literally, <laughs> for that matter. So you can join Hans and Scotty Friday at the Mountain America Expo Center in Sandy for the Utah Snowmobile Show. See the latest in sleds, trailers, and gear. All right, we're talking about college football. Obviously, it's a paramount topic in our market, which why, which why, one of the reasons why I love working here is it makes it so cool. I love college football. One of my favorites, if not my most favorite, particularly this time of year. I tend to go with ever, whatever time of year it is. That is my new favorite. And right now, we're in the thick of college football. And the way I look at it, Saturdays, Yach, tell me if you agree with this. I am calling Saturdays for BYU and Utah this Saturday. Legitimacy Saturday. Legitimacy Saturday. I would, I think think that's a good one. I don't know that it rolls off the tongue, but I'm sticking with it. Legitimacy Saturday. Because the Utes now, two games in which they lost, and then the two games they've won. So where are you? How are you hanging on in honor of the great question? The Utes. I'm in a sugar house. Uh, <laughs> Both of our uh, teams, uh, disappointing loss near San Bernardino in Carson, and then just up the freeway a little bit in the City of Angels, the Coliseum, where they routed the Trojans. All right. Well, you beat Washington State, and they didn't have their quarterback, and you beat USC, and they don't have their program. If you win Saturday night, no excuses. None whatsoever. This is a legitimate win, and that means you're a legitimate program this season. You're a legitimate program anyway, but I'm talking about this season, obviously. And so if you lose, you're 3-3. Three and three, Well, then you're not sure where your season's going. But if you win... You're sure your season. In fact, you're so sure, Ute fans. Tell me. Be honest, Ute fans. If you win Saturday, how many of you are not just thinking South, 
You're thinking RB. Not the Richards building. Rose Bowl. The granddaddy. The granddaddy, as I like to call it. My finest moment as a fan. Watching the Sun Devils. I was there for that game. I was a young rookie. Had just moved to California for my job. Literally in my first year, lo and behold, the Sun Devils win the conference, play Michigan in the Rose Bowl, and then they win for the only time ever. And I was there. I had a press pass, but I only used it to scarf the free media food and the parking. I was not there at any in any professional capacity. I was there strictly had a fan as a fan, I had my Sun Devil sweatshirt and my hat. Oh, it was glorious. The granddaddy. There's something about being there January 1st. How many of you, if you get this victory on Saturday, are dreaming of that? Be honest. I believe it's like 97% of yous. And you should. That's part of the fun. There's no team over there in the North that looks that dominant. They don't have any Justin Herbert over there like they did two years ago. Three years ago, you didn't have your guys in what went down as the most boring conference championship game of all time. What was it, 10 to 7, 10 to 3, 7 to 3? What was it? Gosh, it sucked. I want to say 10 to 7, but I've just kind of blocked it out of my mind, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> it's that bad. <laughs> Might even have been 10 to 3 and no offense whatsoever. Uh, and Chris Peterson wouldn't even try field goals from the 30 yard line. It was crazy. And on the Utes had their running back and their quarterback out. So it wasn't a true test of who that team was. Following year, just Oregon got hot in that game, and Herbert, as we're seeing, he's just lighting up the NFL. Is a superstar quarterback, but there's nobody over there right now who's prepared to do that. Doesn't mean they can't beat you in a single game, but we're talking about dreaming. And why wouldn't you dream that right now? Now for BYU, same thing, man. Well, you beat Arizona, Northern Northern Arizona. Can you be an alma mater if you didn't graduate? Northern Arizona, because if you can, Northern Arizona is my alma mater. Well, that means I have two. I've got UVU and BYU in my background then. I spent two glorious years in Flagstaff, Arizona, and I barely got out of there alive. People don't realize that I actually went to ASU to reduce the partying. (laughs) That's how crazy Flagstaff was (laughs) for me in those dorms. The temptation was just off the charts, and I wasn't going to survive. I had to go to Arizona State to mellow out. I was like the only person among the 60,000 students who did that. But it was just crazy in Flagstaff, for sure. ASU was like, it was so big, you can get lost. And it was like, it was too big. It was just enormous. So you were just some dot walking along the uh, main or the quad or whatever you want to call it there. Whereas at NAU, you just was much smaller and you knew everybody and just too much debauchery uh, going on there. So Arizona, you whoop de doo, you beat them. You beat Utah when they had Brewer. Horrendous decision there. To I know he had I know he was awesome in that spring game, but he was he was not good. And you got ASU, and uh, the only reason why they didn't commit thirty penalties is because the game was over. I mean, they were an abomination of a football team. They lacked all sorts of discipline. They just did nothing that deserved to allow them to win so the point being oh sure you got those three wins but now and you got the other two that are nice but the big game against Boise man you go six and one you stay in the rankings you go five and two 
You know what you're ranked? I don't know what you're ranked, but what I do know is you're not ranked. Right? So you've had one road game and you got on a bus where fans were split. Now you got to get on a plane. You got to fly all the way down to Waco, Texas. Baylor, the Baylor Bears, they're on the verge of being ranked. They're five and one themselves. They will be ranked if they beat you. And then next week they got Texas, who's also ranked. So Baylor can really put together a fine bounce back season themselves under Aranda. You look at their team, man, they've got a great running back. Smith is his name. And he's almost averaging 100 yards. He's just like three yards short. I'm looking at the stats right now. Bohannon, their quarterback, he's throwing 11 touchdown passes. You know how many interceptions he's thrown? A goose egg. It equals the number of Rose Bowl appearances that the Utes have made. Zero. Come on, man. They're protecting him well. Only been sacked five times. They got a lot of talent. And not only Smith averaging 100 yards a game, they got another guy who's, average, who's uh, running for 400 yards so far this season. They got two big-time backs. They're loaded. Legitimacy Saturday. You win. Either or both of these teams here locally win. You are set up for outstanding seasons. The other losses notwithstanding. Legitimacy Saturday. That's what I'm calling it. Big time games. Big time opponents. It's going to be fun. And we're halfway there in the week. Very much looking forward to it. All right. Coming up next, we will talk to our resident quarterback and sports psychology expert, Riley Jensen, joins us. Stay with us, 97.5, 1280 The Zone.